0: Very nice to be invited to come and speak. Can you hear me at the back? I'm not sure. My throat seems to be going. Um, so yeah, up until October, I was at the Higher Education Academy managing the surveys team and working on student engagement stuff there, particularly the UK Engagement Survey, um, before I moved to stuff um, So I'm going to be talking about the UK Engagement Survey mainly um, because I think it is a, an interesting... A national attempt to collect and use engagement data, but hopefully there's kind of wider things that will come up as well. These are the four things. Can you see that at the back? Is that okay? I um, don't know how much of this. Yeah. So, what is student game Just a quick kind of check on what we're talking about. Background development of the UK engagement survey and uh, what it looks like for people who don't know. Um, something about how how is UK data used, but don't get your hopes up because I don't have. A brilliant sense of that. I think they're a challenge are more aware of the challenges in the students' life than, than the achievements. But, um, and then something about engagement and learning game because it's a new and quite an interesting thing. So I hope this this bit isn't going over old ground. But student engagement means different things. Uh, in this capture, we have a complete, a particularly weird situation where it means two very different things. So this is the QAA quality code chapter on student engagement, and there are two domains. Improving the motivation of students to engage, so that's engagement in learning, and engagement in sort of decision-making processes, quality enhancement, and quality assurance. So two quite different domains, uh, or bits of engagement, or two different kinds of engagement, or two totally different things that we happen to give the same name: student engagement. In the UK, this it's this second one: student engagement and quality assurance. And enhancement is kind of most dominant right I mean that's that's what the ch- chapter goes on to talk about it, it distinguishes these domains so then it can say we're talking about this one and a lot of the developments in you know, the, the student engagement partnership that's set up by kind of NUS US thing that mainly focuses on student involvement in enhancement in assurance things like Sparks in Scotland it seems like that's the kind of what people most normally mean when they talk about student engagement, we're talking about student engagement data here. What do we mean? Well, I'm going to be talking about UKES, the UK engagement survey, which is an adaptation of an American survey. And it, so it's in, uses the kind of American concept of engagement, which is, is that's a smaller font. Can you see that? It's like an eye test. It's getting smaller and smaller. (laughs) Um, The time and energy students devote to activities that matter to learning and student success. So that's what you know, the rest of the English speaking world means by engagement so the national survey of student engagement from America they're the themes academic challenge learning experience. there's nothing in there about student voice there's nothing in there about student representation about student involvement in governance it's experiences with faculty campus environment it's a very different kind of thing and that's with a caveat that I'll come to you later, that's what Nessie looks at, that's what UKES looks at. I, so be, I'm interested, we're talking here about the use of engagement data. Are we all talking about this kind of engagement data? Or are people using data about student involvement in enhancement and assurance? Okay, uh, so I don't know how much... Are people aware of the UK Engagement Survey? Does everybody know about it or no okay so um it's the uk adaptation of nessie run by the hea um you can take part if you're a subscribing institution at the moment it's free but who knows if that'll stay the same the results are confidential to institutions so it's not like the nss it doesn't go into league tables or anything it's online there's about 50 questions so it's quite long but only half of them are compulsory and then half of them are optional there are basically two different kinds of questions in the survey questions that ask students to say how often they do certain things like asking questions in class and other questions that ask about the (coughs) emphasis in the course on certain things like analyzing information Um, and then these are the actual groups of questions the compulsory ones on critical thinking Laser. And then some optional questions. And it's largely based on Nessie. So, virtually all of the compulsory questions in Nessie. There's a few that, well, basically Camille came up with, in the cognitive engineering. And then in the optional questions, we have got some questions on staff student partnership, which is a very sort of toe in the water attempt to introduce the UK type engagement into a Nessie type survey. And there's just three questions asking about uh, kind of have you worked with staff on making changes to programs have you worked with staff on evaluating programs and one on kind of a learning community belong to a learning community with students and staff so it's just a sort of slight tone order the water to see if we can push it more in towards the so we're not ignoring the kind of UK thing and it's important to note that UKES is is a sort of very late addition to an international Well, some see it as a movement, it's a bit grand, but you know, there's a big, it came from Nessie in North America, America, uh, Aussie, so it's adapted for Australia as a national, sort of compulsory national survey. South Africa used it in the same way, it's been used in China and in Ireland a couple of years ago, introduced it as their national survey. So it's spread all over the world. In terms of, pointlessly small. Um, in terms of UK's the growth, we started it in 2013. I don't a bit of background, but when I started at the HEA in 2010, HEFKE basically gave us all our funding. And one of the things they gave us funding for was to help institutions use the NSS for enhancement. It wasn't designed for that, but I think it was to kind of soften it a bit so it wasn't just a crude metric. Let's give the HEA some money to run some events and produce some reports on how you could use the NSS for enhancement. And obviously, it's it's not designed for that, so it was a bit tricky to use the NSS for enhancement. So we, there was a lot of interest in Nessie, which was designed for enhancement, but because of the situation with our funding, we basically politically couldn't start competing with the NSS. So we couldn't really do anything around Nessie. As the funding situation changed, and heck, gave us less and less money, it opened up the scope to be a bit more independent. So by the time we got to 2013, we could actually start to work on Nessie properly um, and help institutions use it. The, the thing I wanted to say is in 2013, we were just helping with something that was already happening. So Nessie has been, people had started to use it, start to collect engagement data using that survey from well, my understanding is Reading were the first, in 2007, and then there were other places, Worcester, Warwick, Warwick. you were at Worcester, Worcester yeah. you did it, so Ian did it at Worcester quite early on, Warwick, Sheffield, Howland, York St. John, maybe, I think Oxford Brooks. so there were institutions who were trying it out, taking Nestle, adapting it and using it, and so we, all we did was say, well, let's all do it together, let's agree, how to adapt the questions to the UK, what questions to use, and then we'll be able to sort of pull the data and allow some benchmarking. So we did that in the first year. It was quite small, just informal, small, informal, small-scale thing. But then there was just a ton of interest. There there's lots of institutions saying, oh, that's great, we'd love to take part. So we did it. We kind of had to do it again. In 2014, there were 32 institutions, but it was still quite informal, people were just running the questionnaire however they liked and chucking the data over to me where I was in 2014 I had to combine 32 giant Excel spreadsheets into one data set it was all very kind of off the cuff um, and then we had to decide what to do whether to carry on going and if so what would it look like um, so we did do it again in 2015 and it became part of the HEA's kind of standard survey set of surveys along with our postgrad big postgraduate surveys and so 2015 was grandly called the first full administration it, so the first two years were pilots and in 2015 it wasn't a pilot anymore even though it was small less institutions took part but all that meant there was less it was more formalized everyone had to use the same survey platform which is a bit of a problem I think because institutions were finding it very useful. They could insert the Nessie and the UKES questions in their normal surveys and then get some benchmarking from other institutions. Um, but we, as part of making it a proper survey, we had to make everybody use the same survey platform and it became another survey which then had to compete with other surveys that people wanted to run. Okay. So that's the kind of UKS background and what it looks like. How is UK's data used? So we did try to sort of pay attention to the fact that um, you can get a bit carried away developing a survey, getting people to run it, and in an institution running it, crunching the numbers, but the hard bit might be what do you actually do with the data? And we were aware of that. So in the first year, we published a set of 10 everybody who took part in the first pilot plus Oxford Brooks, who didn't actually end up taking part in the pilot but were still involved in it so they, we got case studies from all the institutions that took part and published them alongside the report of the pilot to try and give people ideas about this is a new survey and this is how you could use it but predictably a lot of the case studies were, were how to set up a new survey, how to get students to respond to a new survey. Stuff that is interesting, but it doesn't really get to the heart of how do you use the data because it was for many of them, it was the first year they'd run it. Um, so it's not, it weren't particularly enlightening in terms of the, if you, once you've got beyond the stage of running the survey, and you're actually a couple of years down the line and now you're thinking, okay, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Um we did try over the years to carry on getting case studies, but it's always hard well I always found it hard getting case studies off institutions. So I I don't I found it very hard to get a handle on how institutions were using the data. I mean a lot of it it was it seemed to be just going into it was just being plugged into the normal survey mechanisms, the reporting mechanisms set up for normal surveys and the NSS. So we're just going to the, the survey teams were just adding it. They were just um, analysing it, breaking it down by, <coughs> by faculty or department, sending reports to committees. And then it was just descending out to the... It was just it was part of the same process. Nothing different really was necessarily happening. There were a few things that were that were different. So UK, it's because it asks students to reflect on what they've done. It, it's... It's it it's a reflective tool in a way that the NSS isn't, you know, how happy are you with something is less interesting to reflect upon than how often have you had conversations with staff outside class, um, whatever it might be. Um, I think Camille found it when we, we commissioned Camille after the first two pilots to do cognitive interviewing. And I think in those reports. You can see the students um, finding it useful. They found it helpful to reflect on what they were doing. I think it was the quest- there are questions on how many hours do you spend around for class, and students found it interesting and helpful to actually sit down and reflect on that. So a couple of institutions kind of start to formalise that by build- connecting it to the personal tutor system. So personal tutors would have regular meetings with students, and they would use the UKS questionnaire. I think they would. I think still doing it use the UKES questionnaire as a prompt to help the student reflect and then in a conversation with their personal tutor about where, how they felt that things were going. Uh, the other thing people have done differently is a couple of institutions using UKS in a targeted way for periodic review. So rather than just another survey that just gets done every year with all the students, you use it in a targeted way so you've got a very clear rationale if you want the data, so every five years or so, you run it with a program. Um, but yes I I don't have a great handle I mean today we'll hear about find out more about how people are using the data what what I did want to talk about is the challenges because I have a clear sense of the challenges from talking to institutions about what they were finding difficult about using engagement data and we certainly found that institutions ran it once didn't there were quite a lot of institutions ran it once didn't find it that couldn't make use of it and then kind of didn't run it again the institution I'm now abstract client took part in 2014 when we have 32 institutions but they just couldn't they didn't do anything with the data and so they didn't think it was worth it to take part again so there is you know, four challenges I'm gonna talk about the bottom one's kind of in the most boring or generic that's the response rates it's the NSS is, you know, Ipsos Mori, phone up all your students and pester them until so you get a 70% response rate, and it's cost costs a fortune. With UKES, it's run by institutions. It's just, you I mean, you run it yourself, so you get a normal internal survey response rate of 5%, 10%, 15%, 25%, if you're lucky. And so there's, a, you know, comparing with the NSS, oh, this is a national survey, but we're only getting 10% response rate, so that's not a use and then benchmarking you know you haven't got as many institutions taking part as the nss you've got smaller numbers so you can't cut it as fine um and the data aren't made public so that limits the kind of benchmarking that you can do but then i don't see them as specific to engagement data, engagement survey so the other three i think are a bit more interesting um this is the idea of institutional investment. So this is a quote from Blake and Wise who run the Wabash study, which some of you are familiar with, I'm sure, and I'll mention later. It's far easier to sign up for a survey offered by an outside entity than to orchestrate a series of complex conversations with different groups within an institution. So it's kind of easy to run a survey, although it might be hard to persuade people to do it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's easy to run a survey and it's hard to use the results. And as Alex McCormick says, who's who's the director of Nessie, when people say, oh, thousands of institutions use Nessie. And he says, no, they all run Nessie. Some of them use it. Um, But we did get this, we got this big, dramatic level of interest, well for us, 32 institutions, in 2014. But there there was a sense that for some of them it was Back in those heady days when student engagement was the brand was the big new buzzword and every, and all the PVCs will oh yes, we'll do student engagement, we'll put it in our mission statements and we'll stick it in the strategy documents and then, oh, there's a survey, a student engagement survey, oh, we'll run that because we're interested in in student engagement. But there wasn't any kind of follow up. There wasn't there was just a, we'll do it because that's what we do. And that's the kind of that kind of fits with our mission. But then there wasn't in there investment into then thinking what you're actually going to do with the data and then um, and i think possibly it's possible this confusion about what is student engagement if you're a pvc you think great we're all about student engagement and you mean student involvement in quality assurance enhancement students getting more involved in decision making and then you run this you student engagement survey and you get back all this data about active learning That like this this isn't what's in our mission statement I think there was an element of that. Um, this one I found particularly interesting. I'm Try not to read too much into, but in the conversations I had, you case. Sorry, this is Robert Pace, who did a lot, a lot of the work behind Nessie back in the 80s and 90s, that then led into Nessie. College is basically a voluntary activity. So the killer thing is. College can't give you an education, but if you go make use of the opportunities, you can get an education. So it's, the you know, students have to do stuff. So the, in some of the conversations with institutions, you get a sense, why are we bothering to ask students what they do? We can't control what the students do, so what's the point of asking them? It's not under our control. Um, which is... Well, it was kind of an interesting conversation to have with people. Well, if you don't think you can affect the time and effort that students are investing, what are you you doing? What do you think you can? What's the point of anything you're doing if you don't think you can affect that? Because that's so key. Um, But there was a real sense of that's not under our direct control in the way that supposedly the teaching is under our direct control. So, you know, the NSS makes sense because we can improve we can you know we can create a two-week turnaround time for feedback but how can we make what's the point of asking students what they do when we can't make them do anything Um, and kind of recently at Strathclyde I've been talking being tester, so we've been talking to program teams about assessment feedback and there's a bit of a similar sort of tension where they blame the students for not using feedback but also blame themselves for not giving more copious stuff not putting more things on the VLE and the idea that yes it's crucial that students do stuff but what you need to be doing is investing effort to help to make to encourage and support them to do stuff it's not that it's entirely their fault or their responsibility it's that was interesting and then the kind of most um, surprising thing for me also sort of kind of so this is a quote from Alex McCormick director of Nessie in Nessie the focus on behavior is both concrete and actionable when results fall short of what is desired the behavioral measures maybe the questions suggest avenues of intervention so you get your Nessie or UK's results back and you can just kind of read off the results what you need to do students in a particular program aren't asking questions in class as much as you would like Okay, well, let's try and figure out ways of getting to ask questions in class a bit more. But, this, but when we were talking to institutions, there was a sense of, we don't know what to, we get the UCAS data back, and we don't know what to do in response. We, need, we would say, well, how do you, isn't that a problem with the NSS? And they'd say, no, because with the NSS, it tells us what the students are happy and not happy with. So we know that the students aren't happy, which you would think well you don't know really what they're not happy with because the questions are vague and you don't know what to do to make them happy that's not in the questionnaire but there was a real sense that the NSS kind of those kind of satisfaction type data was actionable in a way that engagement data wasn't which is hard to understand when you think well you get a low score on a question on on a certain student behavior you think they're not doing that enough make them do it more. I mean it doesn't tell you how, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell you everything you need to know but surely it gets a bit closer than just the students aren't happy with it or with something but that was the message we got back which I guess is just a symptom of of this is new kind a new kind of data and you know with the NSS but even prior to the NSS the questions in this, questionnaires in this country have focused on student perceptions of the, of the quality of their experience and so, getting people to think about engagement data was quite an abrupt shift. Okay. Um, right. Engagement data and learning gain. So, I just wanted to talk a bit about this because it's it's kind of a new way of using engagement data. So, learning gain, new policy priority. Um, So I had the pleasure of being involved in the early discussions with Hefke, Biz and the HEA about what to do about learning gain, Um, which was a nice little window into how things happen at that kind of level. Um, And basically, my understanding is David Willetts read Academically Adrift. Uh, which is a book called The Big Fuss in America, came out in 2011 or so, basically s- purported to say students in American universities don't really learn anything. So it's a big scandal, we're wasting all this money, students are going to university for four years and coming out not knowing and not... Or not. It's kind of, they focused on critical thinking, basically, generic skills. They don't come out any better at critical thinking than they go in. So David Willits re- reads this and then thinks... God, what if the same thing's happening here? What if we're wasting all this money? Um, So then kind of, his civil servants were summoned to figure out what we could do, and then they summoned Hefke and us at the ATA, what can we do? Um, And so that was the initial discussion, then that turned into, well, I hate to break it to you, minister, but we don't have any measures of learning game that you can just run in an academically adrift-type study. So in Academically Adrift, they used the CL, the Collegiate Learning Assessment, which is kind of widely used in America. They took it off the shelf, ran it along with some other things, came up with a finding. We don't have, people haven't been using the Collegiate Learning Assessment in this country. We didn't really have a, a measure that you could use. So then the conversation turned into, okay, well, can we then start trying to figure out what measures we might use? So then that's turned into the learning game pilots. Let's try and find some appropriate measures of learning gain. Um, But right from the start, I think, the HEA we were quite keen that we don't just end up with some measures of learning gain. It's a great opportunity to explore the relationship between aspects of learning and teaching and gains. Um, So this is Graham Gibbs talking about, in America, they've done a load of stuff to try and find out what has a positive impact on learning gain so you've got academically drift which was just basically a test you students learning anything but then you have the wabash study which is a bunch of institutions quite a lot of institutions running longitudinal um, gains kind of measures critical thinking but also moral reasoning and other things and then chucking in a load of Process measures along the way, including Nessie and other things, and then drawing some conclusions about what leads to improved learning. And so you end up with this kind of thing, which probably is now too small to read. I don't know. But it's just, they're just examples of these. So then, based on the Wabash stuff, they can say, We crunch the numbers, and these things seem like they're helping. And a lot of them are blindingly obvious. They're chicken and gams and stuff. But they have some evidence um, for it, which is persuasive for some people. Um, and so we wanted UKS to be part of that so that we could try and take advantage of the opportunity of, the, of these learning games effort, looking at learning gain. to, okay, well, can we get something out of it that helps institutions improve as well as ways of, of kind of judging what institutions are doing. So if we could get some messages out of it, a bit like this, you know, you, and it's not just, not wasn't just UKs; it was other things. So we were keen to teaching development programs. So people going on PG certs, does that have an impact on learning getting the NSS you know, is that does that predict learning gain or is it just a complete waste of time? We were keen to look at all those things. Um, still got a few minutes actually. So, one thing. This is a slight tangent, but um, in UKs there are some sort of learning gain self-reported learning gain, which is not. They're not measures of learning gain, they're measures of self-reported development. Um, in the early days of NESI, they were treated as gains measures. So you see people saying um collaborative learning um leads to improved kind of gains for students. And the way they've done that is by looking at the correlations between different bits of the survey. The students who report engaging in more active learning. In get a uh, report greater gains but obviously that leaves out a question of whether the students are accurately judging their games so kind of got very controversial big fights in america about but you, these questions aren't in UKs because they are gains measures but because they are measures of perceived gains which are still interesting to know how students are thinking they've developed and these are the 12 questions um covering a range of different skills and then this is what students say um, quite interesting that the two things that you might think of as definitive of higher education that becoming an independent learner and thinking critically and analytically come out top what's also interesting is there's very little disciplinary variation so for the others there's a lot of differences between disciplines about students perceptions that they've developed still for those two, there isn't. There really is something definitive about those two particular skills. Um, the thing I wanted to show you, so they, they uh, factor analysis, they, those twelve break down into two scales. Kind of, I can never think of the right word names for them: core skills and soft skills. But, but the core skills are writing, speaking, thinking, analysing information, independent learning, and then you've got. Being innovative, being an informed citizen, developing personal values, that's the kind of soft skills. Um, we don't have very many final year students in UKS because of the competition with NSS. People tend not to run UKES with final year students. But we have first and second year students, and there's quite a big discipline effect as well. So I've had to look within disciplines for first and second year students. for the This is for the core skills scale. I don't know if you can see that there's basically no difference between first and second years. Second years are not reporting greater development of those skills as a result of their program than first years. Um, and then this is the soft skills and again there is no meaningful difference. You probably can't see them. I mean they're just the differences is just noise um, I mean, it goes down a lot, but it's still, these differences aren't statistically significant. So there's basically no difference between first and second years. Now, that, what does this mean? We don't know because we don't know the extent. Well, wh- one of the things we don't know is the extent to which reported gains correlates with actual gains, because um, we don't and we don't know that because we haven't done these studies. We don't have, haven't come up with the learning gain measures and then done the studies to figure out all the stuff they've done in America. We haven't yet done, so we don't know. Um, and you might not see; you might see the big improvement in third year. So then I, it might kind of zoom up, which we can't do with UKs because we don't have enough. I mean, there does look to be an improvement in third year because we do have some, but it's just I don't trust it because. Have a question? Yeah. Could entirely be that, yeah. I mean, that's the. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why taking the self reported gains as a measure of gains yeah. is ludicrous without any evidence for a link because it's, people. You also would. have
1: the same problem with assessment, though, as well. Because <coughs> if a student is a high performing first year student and is scoring at the top of the grade bands, then when they come into the second year, if they do the same, it's very difficult to anal- analyze it and actually detect oh, the game. Yeah. So I think there's a tendency always to flatten off those data because those really good students, we're really, oh, not capturing very well. Because they have moved levels, but if they don't move grade. if yeah. they've got 90% in their first year, and they all A's pluses or whatever, and they're getting an A plus in the second year, yeah. how can you analyze it? So, so, so I think there's always a tendency to flatten, flatten off.
0: Yes, you might be right. Well, sort of that's
1: discovering that really.
0: I mean, sorry, yeah. So, so
2: another comment is, um, if, if a student is improving their critical thinking as they go through the degree, yeah. you might find that they're far more self-aware in the second year than they were in the first year, and actually are a bit more aware that perhaps they don't know as much as they thought they did, mm. um, and therefore you, would ex- you might expect that to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the surprising thing for me is that anybody... <coughs> Really thought they were for a long time. There was just an assumption, I think, by the Nessie. But the Nessie people are normally brilliant. I mean, the research they do is great. But there was a bit of a blind spot. I think they they just kind of took it for granted until people came along and said, "We're not very good judges of how good we are, like and how whether well we've got better at things." So anyway, so that I think the, is, these questions in general are very interesting because they tell you where the students think how much they think they've got better. And so we can, we can kind of see students in second year don't think they've got better more than students in first year. And that doesn't really tell us about whether they are. Although I will say, actually, I was, I was, the academically adrift findings that students don't really learn anything, it actually has been, not corroborated, but there are other people who agree. The, the book, it, that study itself, I I, did, I don't find convincing. But there are other people, the Wabash people, Nessie people, who say, actually, yes, that's kind of true. Students aren't developing very much on these measures. And there's a question about why. One argument is the measures they're using are, gen- are generic skills that aren't going to change very much. You, you can, they're kind of fixed. Yeah. Sorry, you had a question. Is,
1: yeah, I just just follow this up. I mean, what's the, what's the theory behind it? Like, my, I always have an issue with big data because there is a tendency with large scale surveys to measure what you can measure rather than what you should be measuring. And then you end up with data that begs the question why is this happening? And we cannot answer that. Because we didn't know what we were testing, we didn't have any hypothesis and so on and so forth. So, what's what's the, the theory be- behind engagement? Why why should engagement improve over time, for instance? Uh, and that 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 is my, my <coughs> greatest uh, concern. What's what's underpinning the whole endeavor?
0: Uh, why should it, in what do you mean? so this, this I wouldn't count as engagement. This is. These are outcome measures of students' perceptions that their skills have developed. So that you kind of... Sorry, yeah, okay. You might assume that as students go through their degree, their, well, I guess the assumption is that their skills are developing. And so when you ask them to judge, are their skills developing, if they're accurate, then they will report greater levels of skill development as they go through their degree. That's the idea I mean that, that's the idea I mean that was how, how the questions were originally taken by Nessie if
1: but the questions are the question asks to what extent your experience at university
0: yeah. led you
1: to if I remember correctly the question yes. is not phrased what does it say how much does your world student experience contribute to your knowledge now it, it's not asking whether your knowledge increases, whether your skills increase. It's asking whether your university helped you to do that and there is I don't know why should it go up? It's just an example and not yes uh, pinning down this way it, it, it's one of the 20 odd questions in the surveys yeah. and I'm wondering how are they kept together? I like the survey yeah I'm, you know not here to dis the survey. We use it and I like it, Yeah. but I, I I don't see how it's kept together from a theoretical... Perspective. Oh, for,
0: um so the... It, it isn't. I mean, that's explicit, so so the Nessie people are very explicit that this is uh, a, supposed to be a useful tool, and it's basically a want a say melange, that's the right word. <laughs> but like um, just a, a mess of different... So they, they can cite the different bodies of research that have gone into it, the kind of... Chicken and Gansen, time on task, uh, quality of the pace stuff, the Astin stuff. They can cite all the bits, the kind of theoretical background that went into it, but then it's just a kind of mixture of stuff. There isn't anything that ties it together. And, sorry, I just... There is... There are instant <coughs> differences. So it now includes some depth of learning type questions which come out of... European, British, and Australian research, rather than all the American, which is, and it's quite different in a way, and it's actually what led to the NSS and all that stuff. So, it, and it is a bit alien, but they just chucked it in because they think it, it would be useful to people. Anyway, the,
1: the survey tool has some theoretical grounding. I think the interesting point is the assumption that these things should be changing, which is a different research question. Uh, the,
0: yes, I mean I'm not sure that we would think, should think that, uh, that they should be changing, really?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of ways you can analyse the data. One, one is kind of change in cohorts over time, but that's actually probably the least useful. Uh, what's more interesting from an institutional perspective is why are students in one area doing something a lot more than students in another area? And you kind of say, if we think these are good practices, why are, you know, you often get students in education studies doing a lot of active and collaborative learning, uh, a lot less of that in accounting. And you kind of go, well, are we fine with that? Or do we actually want to maybe borrow some of those educational practices from education studies and use those in other places? Uh, so it's, I mean, I think what's interesting is it's designed to sort of make, provide data about what's happening across in an institution. And the goal is for institutions to then use that to improve, to go and do things around the institution, you find out areas of good practice, bad practice, comparisons with peers, Um, and and that's quite different than wanting to use it as a, you know, kind of high-quality psychological instrument, Um, or to measure individual students' change over time, Uh, which you would design a very different survey. And it's the problem with both UCAS, because once you have it, you start using it for all sorts of things. And same with the NSS, it's used for all sorts of things that was ever designed or is capable of um, kind of robust in
0: addressing. Um, I want to say just something on that and then I promise um, you have to make, yeah, when you're kind of developing these things you make kind of pragmatic decisions so I'm trying to remember the questions where it students to estimate the number of hours they spend doing certain things I was deeply unconvinced that that was helpful because, you know, you're asking students to put a number on something and you're asking them to remember do difficult things remember the amount of hours they spend average it out the num- the, the, it doesn't seem that kind of likely to be accurate, basically. But then I was persuaded by Camille that it, it's very useful for the students when they go through as a reflective tool. The students love that bit of the questionnaire. So then you have a sort of question of, well, that's then quite useful in to institutions who are saying, we find it quite useful in terms of this, the students finding it useful. It's then doing a different, and that's a different kind of job but it's still useful so the kind of Nessie lesson is it's just about being useful and they're very sort of upfront about not being hung up on theoretical concerns which is something you might like or yeah, not I, I, I
1: guess. Sorry, I didn't want to be aware of this That's all right. If you have things to say I'll I don't know,
0: Dune has been a uh, hand up for ages so. Um, Sorry, I didn't see you. But I've been Uh, not really. So we got we had conversations with them, and I was on the panel thing. Are you still on that? Yeah. Does it still exist? There was a sort I of expert was. panel where they which where they consulted everybody, but not not no. I mean, so I don't. I'm trying to remember what actually happened. There was just there was a sort of clamour from institutions to include engagement, um, and so they looked at engagement, and then they they came up with some stuff that they want to introduce, but they didn't want to go down the route of Nessie or UKS or anything like that. Um, the So Paul Ramsden was the guy who basically led the review, who invented the CEQ on which the NSS was based, and surprisingly found that the NSS was brilliant. Uh, which is a bit mysterious why they hired him to do that. But anyway, um, and, but he was um, very... His attitude was the NSS and UKES do very different things. The NSS is not designed for enhancements, and um, isn't, so that's not what it does. UKES is for enhancement, and it wouldn't be any good, net uh, or Nessie, and it wouldn't be any good as a kind of public metric. Is that what?
2: Yes. Yes, but then turned into yeah. like NESI or NSS. So the questions then get turned around to fit into, so they're not asked the way Nessie questions are, they're asked the way NSS questions are, do you strongly agree, disagree? So they kind of went through a sausage making factory process. And so um, they haven't quite released the final version of the NSS, there's gonna be about nine engagement questions. Some which are the student voice questions that were on there already, which is interesting in light of what Alex started with. And then some are on kind of learning community. Um, and some critical thinking one, and the challenge one, um, and how those will play out in the context of the NSS will be really interesting, because they're slightly different, but they got changed so much, they're, they're quite far from uh, UKES-NESI questions and approaches, because uh, they had to be asked in sort of ways institutions would be held accountable, not students, what what happens, which is the flip of how they were designed. So again, this kind of psychological underpinning that you were talking about is really interesting, because you completely lose it. You take a question for a very different
0: purpose. Kind of. Yeah, that's the sense I... well, I think we agree that at the meetings where they were talking about it it's like, well, let's include engagement and then sort of strip out everything that was useful about <laughs> the engagement questions. And and there was a sense of, well, kind of why bother then? The me- The way they do it is very... There isn't really a rationale, because it's just committees, it's lots of vested interests pushing lines. I did, that's probably not helpful at all, is it? But there wasn't kind of a rationale, it was just some people wanted them in, but they were adamant that then they don't want to change the response options, so then they kind of cobbled together something, see if it works with the students, but I don't think it kind of did, right, in the context interviewing, and then it stays in.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a hugely useful introduction. And I think what we have is a survey that, um, I mean, both the NSS and UKES, we get our surveys that are not designed as sort of if you put your researcher hats on, you know, as the way you would design a really good survey, you know, as a psychologist or, you know, a, you know anything like that from coming from social sciences. You know, they are, as, as Duna said, applied you know, instruments that are kind of, they end up having multiple purposes and their kind of main design for what what they were used for is, you know, an applied purpose of kind of general enhancement, accountability, estimations of quality. Um, and so that is a challenge when trying to use them. And so there's kind of one thing where you go, we're going to park those things and let's see how we can use it. But you do need to keep that in mind with what it is, what it is being measured and how far you can go with it. Uh, and I think where people find... UCAS um, useful is when it is the beginning of a conversation. It's not about kind of, oh no, 4.2 and 4.3 and no, we need to change that. You, you kind of say, no, we're going to use this kind of rough things. So, oh, okay, 54, 86, kind of where can we go with that? Where can we see some differences? Um, and that's, I think, where where it is really useful um, and hopefully what we'll pick up from some of the projects. Uh, but it is a challenge because we do work with academics haha, who do like to pick these things part so that's where you do kind of flip around this thing where if people don't have confidence in the instrument it can be hard to use it to kind of motivate change in behavior um, and this is I mean this is an applied area to work in you know and people design messy not to design a really good research instrument to publish lots of you know reputable papers off of you know it was designed for sort of to change a conversation about quality and the nature of the student experience which is a very different kind of thing to do. <laughs> And to have that conversation amongst and between institutions is a very different one. Um, so thanks, Alex.